Amateur All Tours, the podcast where every week we sit down and have a discussion about a movie. I'm your host, Mike, and joining me is my brother, Brian, and we would like to welcome you to Amateur All Tours. Welcome, 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 everybody. Welcome to Amateur All Tours. I'm your host, Mike, and today we have a first impressions and solo review for you. Brian, I can't join this one just because I had seen this movie today, and Brian hasn't, and I... A little impatient, I want to talk about this movie now. It's definitely a spectacle and something that I think deserves to be talked about right now. So, here we are, talking about Dunkirk, directed by Christopher Nolan. Came out just a few days ago in 2017, July of 2017, starring Fionn Whitehead, Harry Styles, and Tom Hardy, a bunch of others in this film. So, this plot, it really focuses on the allied British and French soldiers, mostly British, of the beaches of Dunkirk in the beginning of World War II. Nearly 400,000 men were surrounded by the approaching German forces, and with days to evacuate, this is where our film takes place. So, a little bit about Dunkirk, the film, and how I, with me, I had seen it at 11.40 this morning on July 21st, and, you know, I've watched, since the movie's since I've been home from the movie, I've watched a few reviews. Interesting enough, the reviews, most of them were obviously on the positive side, which is this film is getting critical acclaim. I think rightly so. It deserves it. And there, I did find a few that were on the other end of the spectrum and that they you know, didn't really enjoy the movie as much or they found a lot of flaws with it, which I kind of opened my eyes to this film and gave me a, you know, a, a more general and broader view. Since then, I've also had an interesting conversation with a World War II enthusiast who goes to school with me. So, going into this first impression, I have some interesting thoughts and opinions about this film. You know, right off the bat, I'm going to say I'm going to try to avoid spoilers. Because, someday soon, I want to come back and give Dunkirk a full, in-depth review at a later date. But, with that, let's just jump into this first impression, shall we? So firstly, I want to say that I enjoyed this movie thoroughly. It's a different kind of war movie in that this fo- the focus is the event of Dunkirk. And, you know, it's kind of hard to find that the event is really the central character in that, you know, we have movies... Like, the event is kind of the backdrop and not so much the actual, you know focus, if that makes sense. It's, it's always an event that happens is the backdrop with characters that are involved in how they react to the situation. This film is, the, the main character is Dunkirk, and I'll get into that a little bit, a little bit later, because firstly, I want to start off with some uh, small points that I have. This film is extreme, extremely immersive in the sound design, the props, the boats, the planes, the costumes, I, for one, the boats and the planes were authentic, um, and they gave off that really super en- enriched and immersive vibe that really helps you get into Dunkirk and what is going on. It doesn't feel so much as a film, but more of a telling of actual events. And that, I thought, was super super helpful in enjoying this movie. Another thing that I want to mention about the sound, mostly Hans Zimmer's score. Man, again, I 
this film is super immersive, and Zimmer's score really helps hit that home. In that, it's 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 anyone that knows Hans Zimmer, it's it's you know exactly how it is. I can't really find the words to describe it, but it just follows what Nolan is trying to do. It perfectly complements what he's doing. One, and I feel like listening to his scores in different Nolan movies and just his style in general, there's always a a focal point to his soundtrack. Coming to head in, in Inception, he based a lot of his score off of the uh, Edith Piaf song that wakes them up in, uh, in Inception. And so with this, there was always a ticking, uh, like a stopwatch or like a bomb and that just adds to the intensity and the feel of this movie it's just always a, a ticking time uh clock or bomb going on and that really helps with the just the emphasis or like the thesis of this film in that time is of the essence to these soldiers and everyone that's involved and that they only have a short amount of time to ha- to get off of dunkirk before the because the german forces are all around them, and every hour of every day that they're still there, they get closer and closer and closer. And it also adds to the idea that, you know, any moment something's going to happen. And that is just, it, it really complements this film. And so I, I I have to say, small like a, kind of my smaller point is that it's super immersive and everything kind of works together. And it's also shot beautifully. That's a big thing that you're going to see in these reviews. Even people that didn't really like the film. They're, they they said the theme of this film is that it's expertly shot. Cinematography is amazing. And what would you expect from anything from Christopher Nolan? Very great uh, filmmaking eye. Another point that I guess that I really want to focus on is what this the purpose of this movie is. And I think that's a very important question that we have to ask ourselves going into this movie. Because the one thing that these uh, reviewers were talking about and people that I said, oh, hey, I had just seen Dunkirk, the one movie they asked me about that many of you are probably going to make the comparisons you're asking me as a reviewer is what about Saving Private Ryan? How does it hold against Saving Private Ryan? And what are the battle sequences compared to that? Well, I can tell you, they both work in very similar ways in that they really showcase the horror and the hell of war, but they both use different tactics, whereas Saving Private Ryan, R-rated film, uses very gruesome and visceral storytelling methods, you know, of guys getting just thrust in the action, just total confusion, and guys getting their limbs blown off, entrails, just total anarchy, and just what what is going on. Dunkirk goes a little bit of a different route. Being a PG-13 movie, this focuses more on the psychological terror that happens uh, during warfare. There is some brutal moments in this, um, mostly involved in the ships. It's not a very gory movie, although it is a very violent movie, but you don't see guys getting their limbs blown off or, or anything like that. What you see is guys in ships. So we'll go... For a scene that I'm thinking of, there's a moment when all these men that just got off of the beaches of Dunkirk and they go into one of their Navy vessels and they're all... They think they're safe 
and they're in the interior of the ship, they're eating some food, they're just kind of like being, they're glad they're away, and then the ship gets torpedoed, and it suddenly shifts from this very safe atmosphere to chaotic and hell-like, with just water coming in, men are starting to drown, as, and it's just very claustrophobic, is, is one of the words I was, is one of the feelings that I had throughout this film. And and more into the psychological, you, we see how these characters respond to the events that are going on around them. Uh, without giving anything really away from the trailer, Cillian Murphy is in this movie, and he's a perfect example of how men respond to the psychological terror that is going on around them. Celine Murphy, in the trailer, we see him, he gets pulled off of a boat, and then and the and the old man driving one of the civilian vessels says, we're going to Dunkirk. And he says, I can't, I'm not going back to Dunkirk. Without, I'm not doing it. And the old man says, you know, we have responsibility to do. We can't avoid it. And Cillian Murphy, we have a... In the film, we see him, how he responds to things, and just how he doesn't want to go back to Dunkirk, and and why, but earlier, at some point in the movie, we see him as a soldier that is just doing his job, and it hasn't really hit him yet, but but it's the, the psychological terror is very, the shell shock is very present in, in a lot of these soldiers. Why all the average soldiers of this film, it seems that the, all they're trying to do is just escape. Not so much the officers, because they're overseeing the evacuation, and they're having their own thoughts about it, but every shot of the every everyday average low-ranking soldier is just them trying to find ways to get off. Whether it's finding a boat that has been, that has been grounded because of low tide, or they're trying to find rowboats and push it off and they're going to row out by themselves. One man, it's in the trailer, he even takes off all his gear and he start, he tries to swim out. And this is such a very interesting idea because you get the same idea that war is hell, but it's told in a very different way and they're reinforced with different visuals. The idea, And also, the other thing that this this movie isn't gruesomely and brutally violent as Saving Private Ryan is, what I think is also interesting is that in Dunkirk, you very rarely see the German soldiers. It only happens at the very end, but most of the time, they the Germans are in the form of dive bombers that are taking out the men on the beach, or taking or they're bombing the the naval vessels that are escorting men out, or in the form of a torpedo that is shot by a U-boat that sinks in their ships. So it's a very it's a very interesting idea that. Because it goes against what a lot of World War II movies are, even just war movies in general, is that there's the enemy, shoot them, there's a firefight, there's an exchange, you can see them. Whereas here, that isn't the case. You don't. You rarely see the German enemy. So another point that I want to bring up into Dunkirk is the story uh, style and structure. And that the story is told in a nonlinear fashion, focusing on three, really three separate areas, land, sea, and air. And each has a time uh, dedicated to them in this universe. And that land has a one-week time, time frame, which focuses on three soldiers trying just to escape the beaches of Dunkirk. Sea focus, focuses on a civilian vessel 
that is, making its way from England across the channel to Dunkirk to evacuate some of these men. And that's one day. And then Air focuses on the Royal Air Force and one hour of them trying to get to these men, make sure their vessels are safe, taking down enemy fighters and of the sort. So what's very... What I've been reading is that this style of non-linear storytelling is uh, kind of polarizing for some people in that it leads to confusion and it doesn't it doesn't really give focus to the film, which I completely disagree with. I think Christopher Nolan, especially just knowing his work, time is a very important aspect to him. And that's a theme throughout his films. It could be something as very direct, such as Inception, where, you know, time slows down and things like that, or Interstellar, where, you know, breaking into the, like, fourth or fifth dimension, where time is completely different with the black holes, that's very direct, but then you get things like Memento, where the film is told in reverse, and you have to remember things in, in, in a specific time, and, you know, so time is a very important thing for him, so this, I, when, when reviewers say that this leads to unfocused narration, I completely disagree. So, this film, like I said, it's told in a non-linear fashion, and to me, the beginning of the movie was a little slow. That's a very relative term. I don't mean that in a in a bad way at all. It's just kind of establishing some of these characters and what and really kind of to get the audience used to this kind of jumping around. And then once we get to the the center, like the really second act of this film, the tension just keeps rack, just like building and building and building upon itself. And this goes into the nonlinear story structure of this film. And a big thing is paying attention to details. Yes, some reviewers are saying they were getting a little confused because you know when the ships are all uniform, when the soldiers all are all in the same uniform. And a lot of uniform events are happening all across, uh, all across the evacuation. It's It may be a little difficult to tell what's going on, but this movie makes you think. That's what Christopher Nolan does as a filmmaker. He makes his audience think and pay attention to the details, and that's what this film does. There's a lot of moments when each of the land, sea, and air uh, stories and characters intersect with one another, and it's all told through the details of what's going on. If you pay attention, it it's really an, an awesome experience. And to those that say this is, confuse, this is confusion and doesn't make sense, well, isn't that the point of it all? Isn't that, maybe that's the idea that, that Nolan is trying to get across, that war is confusing, it is hell, it, it is just mass hysteria, and isn't that, maybe this structure of storytelling is one way to get that message across, is to directly involve the audience by maybe throwing it a little linear and making it a little confusing, but making someone have to think about it when they're removed from the situation. So, in regards, I think the non-linear structure really does help this movie and make it as the spectacle and the wonder and the great that it is. So I mentioned the non the non-linear structure and the characters. One thing I will 
say about this this movie and its characters is that there are a lot of characters and there's really no central character in that there's nothing there's no Luke Skywalker there's no this is the audience character this is the conduit for the audience to like live through this and a moment that I was again reading in some of these reviews is that there's no moment of you know soldiers sit down and they have that heart to heart moment you all know what I'm talking about when they sit down and they say I'm from I don't know, the hills of Pennsylvania, and I have a wife who I've known since I was 12, and she's pregnant, and I love her, and I just want to see her. There is none of that in this movie, and this again goes to the purpose. Why, what is this movie doing, and what is its purpose? This movie isn't about the men there. Yes, it's about those that were at Dunkirk, but the central character is Dunkirk, there, there is, like I said, there's none of that cliche of, I, this is me, this is them, this is what we are. Now, I see the purpose of having those moments, because it really builds the characters, builds the depth, it makes the audience really feel for these men and really want them to survive. But that's not present here. But I think this film still really works, because it's, being, it's telling a real event and if the purpose is to just relay the evacuation of Dunkirk, then these characters don't they don't need those because they're not they're not the focus of this film. The characters are just helping move along this plot and get that idea of this war's hell and what had really happened at this evacuation get through. And that's what I honestly it's it was kind of refreshing to see that. I honestly made I felt that that made that's what made this film unique and something that stands out. Throughout this film I was really thinking of Mad Max Fury Road, George Miller's that came out a few years ago now. And as I mentioned, it's one of my favorite it's in my top 5 favorite films. In that I felt like you could so George Miller said about Fury Road is that he felt that he could co- he could go across seas and show this without any subtitles and people would still understand what's going on of uh, the plot the characters how they're feeling the emotions every beat people would know and they want they don't necessarily have to know the exposition and I feel like that's the same here in very similar ways in that even in the beginning of the movie there's not well there's not a lot of dialogue throughout the whole movie. But in the beginning of the film, there's not much dialogue between the two main characters that are introduced then. It's just, what are we seeing? Going off of that, being the idea of you can show this movie to anyone, and it could be in a different language, and you could still follow it. The score, like I mentioned earlier, Hans Zimmer's score, just really driving home those really intense, intention-filled moments, and really accompanying the images that we're seeing... And it's all told through the faces and the eyes of all the characters. Everyone does such a great job emoting just the horror of what's going on. Especially props to uh, Harry Styles. Good job, man. And especially Tom Hardy. He, Tom Hardy plays one of the Air Force pilots. And he's got a mask and a, and a, he's got a mask on for pretty much the whole movie. And you can really only see his eyes, but his eyes really showcase what 
is going on and and his deliberating thoughts of what he of the decisions that he has to make and the sacrifices that he has to make and this goes for everyone but I'm just pointing out those two in particular and that's really that's what makes this movie great I I just think that this movie is if this I hopefully this makes sense it's the greatest action movie that isn't an action movie and that it doesn't glorify events, it doesn't over-embellish on events, it just, it feels like this is what happened, uh, it's not trying to, you know, kind of make it seem like it's overly, excessively violent, it's just really clear-cut, this is what, this is how it was for these men, and I think everything that I just talked about really goes back and brings that home. So, the last thought that I have is, you know, whether or not you liked this movie, you hated it, you're indifferent, Christopher Nolan wants me, he allows me to want to make movies, and that is speaking for a lot, because, you know, as an amateur filmmaker, I watch a ton of movies, I, I, from where I'm recording in my room, I see my movie collection of just hundreds of movies, and I've seen all of these movies many, many times, but how many films that I look back after I watch them, which movies, directors, stories, when I see them, I want to just get up and start making a movie. Now, George Romero is one of those is one of those directors. Danny Boyle is one of those directors. Quentin Tarantino is also one of those directors. But Christopher Nolan is also one of those few those few that make me want, that inspire me to make movies and just do something. And I think that that is a testament just for Dunkirk in that it's attention to detail, it's story, it's uniqueness, and just it trying to do something different is what makes it and sets it apart from movies, war movies, World War II movies that have come before it. And I think that this is truly a great film, and it's a, it's something that I think a lot of people should see for a lot of different reasons. I think everyone can pull something different from this. So, in true auteur fashion, uh, out of the for the star rating, do I recommend this 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 film? Yes, I couldn't recommend this film enough. Out of four to five or. I'm so, I think I just said it right there. Out of five stars, I will give Dunkirk four out of five stars. It is a great movie. It's not perfect, but it's it's pretty close. And I thoroughly enjoy this movie. I think everyone could should see it. And they, everyone can pull something from it. And with that, we have another First Impressions in the bag. Another episode down. It's great to be back, everyone. Uh, thank you for being patient. We are working on things. To give you a little, give you a little hint of what's of what the what's to come. We uh, one of the films we're going to discuss is in my top five, and it is obviously not uh, Dawn of the Dead or the Dead series. So if you want to go back, listen to the pilot episode, listen to my top five. Maybe you can guess what else we're doing, what we're going to do next. But until then, thank you for listening, and have a great day. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Amateur All Tours. If you like what you've heard, want to leave a review, or even make a possible suggestion for Brian and I to discuss, you can follow us on Instagram at The Amateur All Tours, on Facebook at Amateur All Tours Podcast, or even send us an email at The Amateur All Tours Podcast at gmail.com. Once again, The Amateur All Tours Podcast at gmail.com. That is one word. Cover design was composed by Sarah Jacobs. You can find more of her work at her own website, Digital Adventures. Opening and closing theme was performed by the CCH Jazz Ensemble, which was found using a Creative Commons search. Once again, we would like to personally thank you for supporting the show. Stay tuned for future episodes, be sure to let us know what you think, and thank you once again.